everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. His head was spinning. He had a sick feeling in the pit of his stomach. He tried to answer his children's questions the best he could, but his worst nightmare had become a reality. The love of his life, his wife, had left. He awkwardly tried to prepare dinner. He tried to help the kids with their homework, and as he prepared to go to bed, he could still smell the faint scent of her perfume. So goes the story of two biblical characters, Hosea and Gomer. Hosea was a prophet. He was God's spokesman to the nation of Israel. Scripture says that his wife, Gomer, was the most beautiful woman in the land. She had to be hot with a name like Gomer. She decided, though, to leave. She cruised away from Hosea, her husband, their kids, and became a high-priced call girl. Just picture for a second Gomer tooling around Samaria in a black Bentley. Everything was going great for her. In her desire for independence, She desired a number of things, and especially all of the money and stuff and jewelry that went along with it. But something happened. God stepped in and began to do something, to work in Gomer's life. Here's what I discovered about my relationship with God. Whenever I cruise away from God, I crash right into Him. Have you discovered that? God is the pursuing lover. And he seeks us, and he follows after us, and he loves us back. A lot of people are walking on the edge and the ledge of compromise here. A lot of marriages are right here on this ledge. You have your eye on someone at the office around the health club, maybe around your neighborhood, and you're thinking about sleeping in the wrong bed. You're thinking about taking a swan dive into the pool of rebellion. The path of promiscuity follows a predictable pattern. The path follows a very predictable pattern. You can see how the course is cut in almost every situation. There are certain stages that people must go through in order to leap off of the ledge. And and we're going to see these stages played out in the life of Gomer. Because as you continue to read about her, things didn't start working very well for her after a while. She thought she was getting one thing, but she signed up for another. And that's what happens so often when we cruise away from God. We have this sin nature, this desire for independence, and we follow our desire, and we follow 
independence. And after a while, desires begin to rule us. They become our master, and we become slaves to our desire. So in our independence, we end up being dependent on the desires. Conversely, if we stop in our tracks and turn to God and depend on Him, if we have total dependence on Him, then we will discover true independence. What happens, though, when we go Gomer? What happens? What are the stages? What does that predictable path look like? Several years ago, my family and I were hiking, and we were making our way through the woods, and we came upon this hill, and I was leading the way, which is hilarious because I have a horrible sense of direction. And as I began to make my way through the woods, I looked, and I was surrounded by briars. And these briars were ripping my my, my clothes, and then I looked back, and Lisa was in the same predicament. Then EJ, my son, his shirt was so ripped, he had to take his shirt off. He had to strip right there just to get out of the briars. And then, very carefully, we, we, we turned around and made our way back. We retraced our steps to get out of the predicament. Hosea chapter 2, verse 6, here's what God said about this whole situation, this whole scenario with Gomer cruising away. Therefore, he said, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. Look at verse 7. She will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. God loves you and me enough to build a barricade of briars around us when we start cruising away from Him. It's out of God's love. God gingerly says, come back home, come back, come on. But, but so often we just go our own way and then we're barricaded with briars. What do we do? We feel the puncture of the thorns. We begin to feel ripped with sin and, and sin does rip, doesn't it? And if we continue, sin strips. It will strip us to the bone. We'll have nothing left. God allows that to happen, so we'll come back to Him. But notice, the first stage when we run from God is the briar stage. We're barricaded with briars. When you feel the puncture of those thorns, what do you do? Do you keep pushing through the briars, getting deeper and deeper into the stuff, and do you continue over the edge and the ledge, or do you retrace your steps? Sin rips and sin strips. Gomer was driving this black Bentley, and now she was probably in a Bonneville. She began to get some miles on her. All of the cosmetic procedures she had done didn't really work out. The Botox wasn't happening for her. And speaking of Botox, man, these screens are so big, I think I need some Botox. It's scary. <laughs> Hope you know I'm joking, but if I ever get Botox, I promise you I'll video it and we can all watch it together. But. This girl who was sought after, who was lusted after, this girl who was like the, the hot girl in the nation of Israel now had a hard time even getting a date. I mean, guys were like, mm, man, Gomer? Ah. And here's what happened. This is, this is very, very interesting. 
God and Hosea got into this conversation about Gomer. And if you read between the lines, you can almost hear God saying, hey, Hosea, do you know where Gomer is? He's probably like, well, yeah, I know where she hangs out. I know the hotels and corners that, that she works. And God said, Hosea, I've removed a lot of stuff from her. She's gone over the edge and the ledge. She's gone through the briars. And now I'm going to take away all the blingage. But, but, but God said, Hosea, I want you to get together, the Bible says, some silver and gold, some groceries and some clothes. And Hosea, I want you to track down Gomer, your wife who slept in all these wrong beds. I want you to track her down, and I want you to get her this stuff. I want you to bless her. So Hosea obviously found one of her lovers, one of the last few guys who would have anything to do with her, gave this guy all this stuff, gold and silver and clothes and groceries and money and all this stuff. And then Hosea stood at a distance, and Hosea watched his wife's lover walk up to her and give her all of the stuff, his stuff. Well, the lover takes credit for it. Hosea is standing at a distance thinking, man, if Gomer only knew the source, if she only recognized the source, that's some unconditional love, isn't it? I ask you, what happens when you're blessed? Who gets the credit when you get silver and gold and groceries and money? Who does? Do you say, well, man, I did it. I'm the man. I'm the woman. I made the company. I've got creativity. I've got ingenuity. I'm intelligent. It's me. I did it. God is standing at a distance watching you and watching me. Who gets the credit? Now, some of you are going, well, man, Ed, who do you think gets the credit? The Lord does. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. Oh, really? The Lord does. Who gets your devotion? Who gets your worship? Who gets your talent? Who gets the tithe? God is standing at a distance, and we're blessed so abundantly. Who gets the credit? It's a good question. Let's keep on reading because Gomer went from the briar stage to the blingage stage, blingage stage. God, after we go through the briar stage, will begin to remove all of the resources from our lives if we continue to run away from Him. Immediately? No, not always immediately, but ultimately He will. Hosea chapter 2, therefore, God says, I'll take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it's ready. I'll take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her nakedness. What do we do? We bolt through the briar stage. God's warned, God warns us. He says, don't do it. We bolt right through the briar stage and we begin to walk on the edge and the ledge of compromise. Then God removes stuff. And we think in our humanness that if we sleep in the wrong bed, if we have sexual intercourse outside the covenant of marriage, that will add to our lives. But what happens? 
it takes away. You saw the film. It takes away. So God says in Hosea 2, I will take away. And he says, I'll take back. Look at verse 10. So now I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. Verse 11, I will stop all of her celebrations. Verse 12, I will ruin her vines and her fig trees, which she said were her pay from her lovers. Obviously, her lovers owned a lot of vineyards. Verse 13, I will punish her for the day she burned incense to the Baals. That's the false gods. She decked herself with rings and jewelry, that's blingage, and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot. But me, she forgot, says the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. He loves you and me enough to barricade us with briars. He loves you and me enough to remove the blingage from our lives. He loves you and me enough to seek us and to go after us just like Hosea sought Gomer. So what happened with Gomer? She was like, all world, Miss Universe. And now she's moved from a black Bentley to a Bonneville, and, and, and maybe now she's driving a bomb, and, 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 and you won't believe it, guys won't even touch her anymore. She can't even get a date. Is that pitiful? And then you're talking about being on the bottom. This girl decides to sell herself into slavery. Read about ancient auctions. Read about what went on. Horrible stuff. They would take the person and strip them naked. What does sin do? It rips and it strips. Gomer was standing there naked. She was being yelled at, poked, and prodded. She had to show her strength. People began to bid for this woman. Someone said, five. Another one said, eight. Someone else said, ten. A voice from the back said, eleven. The gavel fell, and the auctioneer said, sold to the man in the back. Hosea made his way through the crowd and through the clamor. What do you think happened when he locked eyes with Gomer? Gomer probably looked at him. He was a little grayer, a few more wrinkles. And the Bible says that he clothed her. He covered her nakedness. And he brought her back as his wife. I want to make sure, I want to speak to the audience, to people who, maybe a person whose spouse has said, I want to divorce you. I want to tell you that the day my husband walked in our home and said, I'm not taking this lying down. I'm not letting Satan have my family. I will not give you what you want. I will not give you a divorce. Of course, I probably reacted like a jerk to him to that. But in my heart, I'm thinking, yes, this is the man I want to be married to. I want that. And so very quickly then I started backtracking. Thankfully I'm married to a Christian man who called people in as a reinforcement to speak truth into my life. If there is sin in someone's life close to you and they are in denial, is to it's think of flashlights and just shine a bunch of Christian light on it so that truth can be known 
And as the word says, the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And so I had a bunch of people shine flashlights of Christian love. Our home team was awesome. There were um, namely three couples who greatly impacted us. So just the healthy love that I felt from them, that they were going to support us. I know we just blew them out of the water when we told them what had been going on in our lives. And their response was, okay, well, let's just keep walking together. We're going we're gonna to be fine. If you're trying to do it all alone, you will set yourself up for Satan to come in and say, oh, she said she didn't love you. Don't you think you ought to leave? If you want a good, strong, godly family and marriage, then you've got to fight for it at times. And if we're going to be Christians, if, if we are going to ask for forgiveness, we have to forgive. And it's the most painful thing I've ever had to do. But if you choose your wife and your family, you have to work at that. You have to work through that. You're not going to get to where you want to get just by pulling the ripcord. You're not going to be happy visiting your kids twice a week. We just experienced something so beautiful a few weeks ago. Our oldest child learned to ride a bike without his training wheels. And I just stood there watching my husband and I was so filled up. I was so thankful in that moment that my family was still together. Our children are so precious. They are a gift. Each child is a gift, and I was about to rip apart their bonds with their dad and with me and us as a family. God continues to remind me, look what I did for you, and I'm so thankful. Our marriage today is amazing. It amazes me how I can now see what it's supposed to be. God created marriage. You're going to have problems. You may be hurt so bad you want to run out. But you have to claim the truth of what God says you are, of what he says he can do for you. When my thoughts come of the other person or when I'm considering that I'm not so happy with my spouse, I just have to remember the truth. I have to say, God, I'm going to trust you. You've done so much for me. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to be the best wife I can be. I know he's, being, he's doing a great job being my husband. If we keep focusing on not what the world tells us we should be, but the wife that God says I can be, I'm going to shoot for that, and I know that's going to be enough for him. Maybe you're saying, Ed, I can identify with what I just saw. I've busted through the briar stage, and I'm in the blingage stage because God is ruthlessly removing those resources. Is there help for me? I've hooked up with the wrong person. I've slept in the wrong bed. Is there, is there help for me? Is there a chance for me? Well, there's stage three. And stage three is a stage that's supernatural because we would think when someone bolts through the briar stage and when God begins to ruthlessly remove resources and the blingage, one would think that God would just <laughs> annihilate the person. Judgment of God stuff. Hellfire and brimstone stuff. Stage three, though, is the blessing stage. The blessing stage. Yes, sin rips. It'll strip us naked, 
but God's grace grips us. I know a lot of you have committed adultery physically, and I'm going to tell you, based on God's word, there is hope for you. All of us, though, don't miss this, all of us in this room have committed adultery spiritually. All of us have. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. The church is what? The bride of Christ. We've slept in the wrong bed. We've chased other lovers. We've been unfaithful in this marriage. And in a real way, we're slaves. Slaves to sin dependent on our desires, and we're standing on the auction block naked. The auctioneer has started the bidding for your life and mine. Sensuality says, I bid this. Money says, I bid that. Power says, no, I'm going to up the bid. But a hand goes up in the back, a nailed, pierced hand. And this young man says, I bid my precious blood for that one. And Jesus points at you, and he points at me. He makes his way through the crowd, through the clamor, and clothes us in his righteousness, and brings us and adopts us into his family, provides us a mansion in heaven, and a purpose and a power and a strength that is beyond what this world can even comprehend. That, friends, is a true love affair. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let's just spend some time thanking God for his grace. Yes, we know that sin rips and strips, but God, we thank you that your grace grips us. Some here, Lord, I know, are in the stage with the briars. You're hung up. You feel the puncture in your life. Don't take another step. Retrace your steps and come back to where you need to be. Others are saying, you know, I've, man, I've bolted through that. I've, I've taken that swan dive off of the edge and the ledge, and now God is doing the blingage thing. He's removing, ruthlessly removing those resources from me. If that's you, just come clean. Tell God what he already knows and turn back because he wants to forgive you and love you and make you whole. Let's just thank God for his grace that that grips us. And maybe, just maybe, you're here and you've never received God's grace. You've never said, God, I receive it. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. What is grace? It's something we don't deserve. What is grace? It's you and me standing naked in our fallenness and in our sinfulness on the auction block. It's Jesus Christ paying the price for us and it's us agreeing to that and receiving that and appropriating that into our lives. Just say that, Jesus Christ, 
I give you my all. Father, continue to motivate us and challenge us as we walk through your word and walk through redemption and reconciliation and a purpose-driven marriage. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.